Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. The title of my lesson this morning, as you'll see from your note sheet, is the whole purpose of the power of presence. The whole purpose of the power of presence. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 through 30 to begin, and then Colossians 3, beginning in verse 9. So Romans chapter 8, verse 28 uh, through 30. Beautiful passage of scripture. Many of you are very aware of it, but it really is the kind of the, the cornerstone for the lesson this morning, the starting point. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those uh, uh, who are called according to his purpose. Um, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, the the beautiful little statement here that God predestined us to become conformed to the image of Christ is very powerful. God's plan, God's purpose, God's goal is that we would be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So turn with me to the book of Colossians in chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. Beginning in verse 9, we could read the whole chapter honestly, but but for time's sake, we'll begin here in verse 9. Verse 9 and following. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with his evil practices, And I'll put on, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm going to read this scripture wrong according to the way it's written, but correct according to the way the Greek says. Are you ready? So please listen carefully. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, but have put on the new self, the new man, who is being renewed to a true knowledge, a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, an image in which there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free man, but Christ is all of the image and he is in all who are his. So as those who've been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let's pray. Father, 
I pray this morning that you would help us to understand Romans chapter 8 and verses 28 through 30. And what does that actually mean in regards to our presence in the lives of those people around us? Our lives matter. Each individual one of us, our life is is critically important, eternally important to those people who are around us. Without us, they would not know what you look like or how they can get to heaven. And so, Father, each one of us, our lives are critically important. And we must know that, Father. And I pray that over the course of the year, beginning even this day, that we would be reminded once again just how important being present in the lives of others around us really is for their salvation. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Satan knows. Satan knows the power of God's presence in your life. And that's why he hates these sermons. Satan knows the power of God's presence in your life. And that's why he doesn't want you to listen this morning. That's why he does not want people here during these lessons. Because if we know, then Satan can't deceive us anymore. Satan does not want God's presence in your life. He does not want you to have the Holy Spirit in your body. He knows the power of the presence of Christ in a human being. And that's the last thing he wants. Satan also knows the power that you gain when you are in Christ. And when you draw near to him and enter into him as as he would enter into you. In Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. We hear it over and over again, over again. Satan does not want you to understand that you are in Christ Jesus when you draw near to him through his word and through prayer and through fellowship with the saints. He does not want you to know that because he knows the power that you have to destroy him, not only in your own life, but he knows the power that you then have to destroy the Satan's dominion in other people's lives. Satan does not want you to understand this concept of presence. And the deceiver, the father of lies, he does not want you to understand how important you individually are in the presence of other people's lives. He does not want you to know how important it is for you to be here because then you get to talk with people and encourage them and get to find out about their lives and then to help them when they need help so that you can grow together as a family. Satan does not want you present here. He does not want you present here. He wants you present anywhere else but here on Sunday mornings. Because he knows the danger of when two or more of us are gathered together. The power to destroy his ability 
to destroy us individually and destroy us collectively and keep the world in the darkness. Satan knows that. He hates these lessons. First of all, he hated us working to become positive. Instead of a bunch of grumblers, we changed. Emma rose to the occasion and is our, our leader, an example, and encouraging. Man, I can't believe it. All right, she's at it again. I don't think you've missed a Sunday. I'm serious, it's good stuff. Satan hated it when we did that. Because we took our eyes off the woe is me, woe is we, woe is, and we started to go, wait a minute, wow, what a blessing we are. What a blessing he is. It changed us. And then when we started talking about being genuine, hey, let's get real. Real. Let's stop playing games. No more churchianity. No more cosmetic Christianity. Be honest with yourself as you read the scriptures and be honest with God. Good night, someone opened the windows. I'm dying up here and people are fanning themselves. Brian, could you open a couple of those? Or maybe uh, Michael, if you could. I know that might freeze faith out. Forgive me, faith. It's my fault, not Michael's. All right. It's, wow. Somebody stoked that fire. There you go. I'm, I'm helping you out. Thanks. Candy, I'm sorry you're sitting right on top of that thing. You know? Wow. Somebody want to open that back? I'm, I'm frying up here. Now, you guys are all fanning, so. And it's not because of my hot air. In light of the lesson title, we need to recognize the whole purpose of God's presence in you is so that you would have the glory of God in your body, present always. That's the purpose of Christ in you. You know what? The purpose of you drawing near to God and being found in Him is so that the riches of God's glory would be known to the world. The scripture teaches that. And then finally, finally, the purpose of your life, the purpose of your life, Desi, the purpose of your life, Jacob, the person, uh, the purpose of your life, Jeff, the purpose of each of our lives, the purpose of our life is our presence in other people's lives so that they might see God in his fullness. And they might have opportunity to crawl out of this cesspool. That's why he doesn't want you here. That's why he doesn't want you reading your Bible or praying or being around other Christians. That's why he does not want you to become a Christian. He does not want you to be immersed. He does not want you to have the Holy Spirit because there's power to destroy him. And he hates that. So I want to go back and take a look at Romans. Romans chapter 8. You know, God's plan is to send Jesus into the world to destroy the works of the devil. Did you know that Jesus came in a physical body to destroy the works of the devil? Did you know that's what's in the Bible? That's actually in the book of Hebrews. Jesus Christ came into the world in a physical human body to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus still has a physical body. 
and we are to destroy the works of the devil. Do you see why understanding presence freaks the devil out? Let's freak him out more. Let's really get our brains wrapped around this presence thing. Because it says, when we draw near to God, he draws near to us, and the devil flees. We need to recognize this is truth. There's scriptures all over the place, popping in my head when I'm reading anymore. Taught, reading about presence. So look at Romans 8, verse 28, 29, and 30. I'm so glad God works out everything just the way he wants it. Verse 28, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Only to those who love God, by the way. Do you love God? Are you laying down yourself to serve Him? We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose. The very first point here that you see in this in this is to make known, excuse me, to called according to his purpose, his goal. That word purpose is his goal. He wants to accomplish something. And he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light to fulfill his purpose. Not your purpose, not my purpose, but his purpose. And look at the next verse there. The next verse is very important, verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he knew everybody before the foundation of the world, and he knows who are going to choose him. We have free will, brethren. He knows who's going to choose him and who's not. It's not like he picks one and he doesn't pick another. That's not how God works. We have free will. But he knows if we'll choose him or not by humbling ourselves and inviting him in to our bodies by appealing to him through immersion. He knows. So it says here, beautifully, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. The word destined means destination. We have a destination that God has already set up for us. That destination is God's glory. The destination is not heaven. The destination is God's glory. A predetermined plan a predetermined location, a predetermined life. For those who before knew, we also predetermined the plan that we would become conformed to the image of his son, a, a character image. Why? This is it right here. I just said it. So that he, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many little Christians. Instead of one Jesus walking around the world, instead of one Christ walking around the world, all of a sudden, when you are crucified with Christ, it is no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you, and the devil is shut down in your life. And when you understand the presence of God, you're going to help God shut the devil out of other people's lives. Do you realize how important the presence of God is in you? He will empower you to be transformed so that your character looks just like Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus came from the tomb? He met with a whole bunch of people and they didn't recognize him. 
It was as if he was in a different body that didn't look like the body that was crucified. Isn't that interesting? I don't think Jesus looked like Brian. There was a comment over here, and I'm not going to tell you what that comment was. Okay? Look, Jesus looked differently to different people. You say, well, you don't look like Jesus either. In character, I can, and in character, I'm striving to, so people can see Christ in this scary-looking vessel. But each one of us who's a Christian is filled with Christ. Therefore, Jesus has a body. Therefore, when I'm conformed to his character image, people see Christ. They see the way to live. They see the glory of God. They see God's love and they're drawn as they were to Jesus. You know, Jesus was not attractive. That gives me great hope. It does. In other words, I don't have to be Mr. GQ guy. Although I've lost my hair and I think I'm looking pretty good, you know. This is, both guys are just, man. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Only the smartest women marry those guys that are bald. Right, Justine? <laughs> don't all shave your head. So notice it's a character image. We each one have the power to manifest the character of Christ and touch lives and draw them away from the devil. Remember, Jesus came in the body to destroy the works of the devil. He's in the body. What's our purpose? To destroy the works of the devil through his presence, through his power. I know why there's a lot of people not here today. You do? Well, I don't have a particular on anybody. I don't. The devil didn't want people to hear this message. The devil's not going to want to hear want people to hear the messages next week either. Oh man, he doesn't want people here next week. Uh-uh, no way. Man, every little thing is going to happen around your house. Oh, the, this broke this. See, John, everything that could happen down at your place has already happened. So you know what? You should hear what's happened at their house the last week. Oh my goodness. Water heaters, water pipes, sheep, people stealing sheep. I mean, we're talking, it's what well, it hasn't happened, really. So next week, Satan doesn't want us here. I'm here. I'm here. And not just in body. Look at the last verse there. To be conformed to the image of Christ, we're given a little bit of help. Verse 30 and these whom he predestined, everybody's predetermined to get to heaven, but a lot of people say, eh, I don't want to get to that destination. I don't want to be like Jesus. He also called, when Jesus calls, please answer. He also called, and these whom he called, he also justified. If Jesus calls you and you answer the call, you're going to have your sins washed away. You'll be justified, made innocent. And then it also says in that passage of scripture that you'll be glorified. When you're given the spirit of Christ, you're given the spirit of glory. And the spirit of glory is what is able to, to transform you. As it says in Acts 3.19, your whole life will be refreshed, renewed, restored to original. Remember, unless you're as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. 
We'll look at point number two in the lesson. From vessels of wrath to vessels of mercy. I have to tell you, I never understood Romans chapter 9 until I read it in context. And you're going, how long have you been a preacher around here? I'm a little nervous. Well, please be careful. Because if you go, oh man, how'd you miss that one? Uh, you know what? He who has no sin, he who has perfect understanding, well, you can cast the first stone. All right? What I'm saying to you is, is I discovered something in Romans 9. Last time I checked, Romans 9 follows Romans 8. Maybe there's a correlation. It's amazing. Take a look with me. Look at Romans chapter 9. Point number 2, from vessels of wrath to vessels of mercy. Romans chapter 9 and uh, that beautiful passage there, 19 through 24. Many of us have read this before, but I want you to read it with a different uh, thought. You will say to me then, why does he, God, still find fault for who resists his will? If, if God's will is done, who resists his will? On the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? The thing molded, like the clay, will not say to the molder, why did you make me this way? Will it? Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? What if God, now this is where it gets good. You really need to be thinking now. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to, uh, uh, and to make his power known, endured with patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? You know, God could make his power known. You know, God could have made his power known, as was said by our brother Jeff last week. God could have made his power known in heaven when Satan fell and took a third of the angels. He could have showed his power, couldn't he? His wrath could have burst forth and cast all those fallen angels and the devil into the lake of fire and shut the pit up. Done. He could have, right? But he didn't. He decided that he's going to show that he has perfect love and perfect justice. So he created the physical universe, created the earth, he created all the beauty of the earth, and then finally his, his crown jewel of creation was he created man in his own image. So man could now receive the love of God in his fullness and the justice of God in his fullness and you know what he did for that pesky little critter called man? He gave us free will. He gave us free will. Why did you give me free will? Notice that's what it says here. Can we tell, ask God, why did you make me this way with free will? Why did you just make me to love you and I'd get into heaven automatically? What's wrong with you, God? You can't say that to him. He created you with free will so that we would choose to love him and not love evil. 
But when we fall short and love evil, because all men do, all women too, I'm not excluding you ladies, I'm equal opportunity here, okay? All have fallen short of the glory of God, all have sinned. Well, why did he do that? Because he gave us free will to choose to love him, to prove that his love will cover all. You know how his love covers all? By him taking the shot, by him dying on the cross, by him fulfilling his justice, by crushing his son Jesus. So we go back here, we look at this, verse 22. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, pause, has continued to endure Endured with much patience, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. By the way, let me ask you a question really quick here. Before you became a Christian, were you dead in your sins and trespasses? Yes or no? Okay. And were you deserving of the wrath of God because you had rejected him? Yes or no? If you would have died in your sins, would justice have been extracted? What's the answer? Yes or no? But God being rich in mercy. But God being rich in mercy saved you. Read the next verse. Verse 23. And he did also so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand. Wait a minute. And he did also to make known, he also wanted to make known the riches of glory, but upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, whom he also called. Remember? He called us. He justified us. He glorified us. Not from among the Jews only, but also from among the Gentiles. You need to recognize and understand that you go from being a vessel of wrath, a child of wrath, to a vessel of mercy, a child that received the Father's mercy when you become a Christian. Now, why is that important? Notice what it says here in verse 23. Why did he extend mercy to us vessels that deserved wrath? He prepared beforehand our bodies for his glory. You want me to prove that? He prepared your body, Brad, before you were even created. In your mother's womb, as we talked about two weeks ago, you were created amazing, unique, awesome in your mother's womb for his purpose, for his glory. Each one of us were. And you have skills and talents, abilities that I only wish I could have, but never will. Because I wasn't created to be that. I was created to be something else, but both of us for his glory. He made our bodies so that his glory could be manifest through our bodies and the skills and the talents and the abilities. Julie's bringing coffee next Saturday morning. Praise God, she's bringing coffee next Saturday morning. She has a skill that I can only practice at home. And sometimes I get it wrong. Thanks, Julie. You're amazing. You ain't bad. You're very good. 
All right? So look, all of us have our place. All of us have our part to show his glory. You once were uh, vessels of wrath, but now you are vessels of mercy. Let me prove it to you. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians and chapter 2. And you know this one already. It's amazing. You know this because it talks about vessels of wrath and vessels of mercy. And you are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Kind of sounds like the devil. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of what? Children of wrath. You and I were children of wrath. Reading on, it says, not only what that, we're children of wrath, even as the rest, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. Why did he do that? Take a look at verse 7. So that in the ages to come, he might show, demonstrate the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God desired to show his amazing grace. God desired to show his amazing glory by giving us mercy. Hmm. Wow. Well, I want to close with this last passage, Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 through 29. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 through uh, 29. Paul says, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God that is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known, again, to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete, perfect in Christ. For this purpose also I labor. This purpose of bringing every man and woman to the full measure of the stature which belongs to the glory of Christ's character. Brethren, do you see now how we were vessels of wrath because we all sinned, we chose sin, but we can become vessels of mercy and vessels of mercy to do what? To show his glory, to manifest his glory. That's the whole reason he extended mercy to you and I. Satan does not want you to know about the indwelling presence of Christ in you because he knows that power will destroy him. He does not want you to draw near to the word like we are this morning. He does not want you to hear this message. He does not want you to pray to him. He surely does not want you to spend time. Uh, he doesn't want us to spend time with each other. Why? Because we can come to understand the power of God's presence in our lives. And you know what happens when we begin to manifest his glory? People see it. People see it. And Jeff spoke about it this morning. 
In fact, Jeff, you did a fantastic job of where to take your sermon and my sermon and kind of squish them together. It would be, it would be, I would be out of here on time. I want to close with this. You have the power in you. You have the fullness of deity in you. You have the power of God in you. You are able to manifest the full character of Christ. And the Satan does not want you to know that. Because when you know that, you're able to draw people out of darkness into his marvelous light. Looking at Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 12, I want you to read a couple of those passages there. Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 12, Jeff shared it this morning. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Kindness, gentleness, and patience. Can you embody the kindness of God? What's the answer? You do. It's already done if you're a Christian. Can you embody the patience of God? What's the answer? You do. You are. You can. Satan doesn't want you to know that. Did you know the bondservant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach? Let me say that again. The bondservant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong with gentleness correcting those, with gentleness and correcting those who are in opposition, that they might escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Did you hear that? Did you hear what the scripture just said? Are you a bondservant of the Lord? And you have the fullness of patience, the fullness of kindness, the fullness of gentleness in you. For what reason? So that you can help people escape from the snares of the devil. But don't listen to that. Because the devil doesn't want you to hear that. Because if you hear it and you understand it, you are dangerous. I don't know about you, but I like being dangerous. I like being dangerous. There is a man... The husband of a woman that had three little kids here when I showed up, Sharon showed up. There's two older couples, a woman with three kids, and the husband was nowhere to be found. I went over calling on them, and the husband sat down with me, and he said, you know, after listening to you, I'm, I'm really thankful that, that uh, I wish I could remember her name. I can see her face. I'm sure glad she's going there to your church because you're harmless. He actually said that. You're harmless. That guy died in his sins. His little boy, sadly, within a year, died in a little mini bike accident. The marriage blew up, and that guy died of cancer. If he would have recognized who was in me, then he might have made it out alive. 
Honestly, if I would have recognized who was in me, I might not have been seen as harmless, but rather dangerous. Dangerous to the devil. See? I don't know about you, but I kind of like the idea of destroying the devil's grasp on people through the word of God and through the presence of his power. That's what we're working on. That's what this family camp's all about. That's what the whole year is going to be about. I pray that as we dissect these things and we really comprehend it, that we're going to take it to the devil and we're going to draw people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's what this is all about. We need to encourage the other brethren to be here. I mean, honestly, I don't know where people are at. I don't. And I'm not judging. I'm just saying Satan doesn't want us here. Satan does not want us to learn this stuff. As I've been learning it, I've been excited. Can you tell? I'm going to continue to teach and to preach these things because I want more people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Let's pray. Father, as we close this morning, I pray that you would help us to recognize that for us to be frustrated with God because we have free will and we seem to be falling short, we have a misunderstanding of why you created us with free will. You created us free will so that your purpose could be accomplished in us. We're the ones that need to answer the call. We've all been called. But we have to choose you by free will so that your indwelling presence might come, that we might draw near to you through your word and, and, and through prayer and through the breaking of bread and remembrance of your sacrifice and fellowship together. And then we go out and father our presence because your presence in us, our presence is introducing them to your love. Father, help us to understand that this year and help us to live intentionally for you that others might be saved. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.